Welcome to Spoilers Intended, a podcast about series, novels, and films. In this episode, we have the grief of an only son, actors stripping down for fun in the sun, and even the iconic Tom Cruise run. That's right, we're talking Top Gun Maverick. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Stephen Ford, joined, as always, by Andrew Knuckles. Hello there. And Joel Killingsworth. General Kenobi. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Did we just reverse that? We did. No. 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 Hello there is is always followed by General Kenobi. General Kenobi. General Kenobi. You're not going to make me rewatch the prequels. (laughs) This film will make a fine addition to my collection. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we are. It is probably the best Star Wars film ever made. Oh, we're getting to that. Oh, boy. We're going to get to that. We are not here to talk about Star Wars. We are here to talk about Top Gun Maverick, which, (laughs) spoiler alert, a lot of us might have the opinion that it's the best Star Wars movie ever made. (laughs) But that's for a little later. First off, uh, we haven't done one in a while, so let's talk about a watch list. There's been a lot of stuff dropping lately, uh, stuff that's uh, either out or just came out or coming out that... People are excited about, and maybe we are, maybe we aren't. Yeah. There, there's um, a lot of um, uh, Star Wars celebration happened this past weekend. I mean, we're dancing around you know, the elephant in the room that y'all already, you know, hello there, General Kenobi. Yeah. Obi-Wan there, has, there's a, yeah. is out. Yeah. <laughs> For, first two episodes so far as of the time of recording. Mm-hmm. Right. And opinions? Two-thirds of this room has seen both episodes. <laughs> uh, so we will keep it as spoiler-free as possible, yeah. meaning spoiler-free yeah. 100%. Entirely. So, <laughs> so, so the only thing that I feel like we as an audience are promised coming into this show is Ewan McGregor is going to be awesome. Yeah. And so far, Ewan McGregor has been awesome. So, okay, so they're I fulfilling feel, that. I feel good about that. Uh, broad strokes, the story is... is Fun and interesting, but the execution has like a, basically all of the Disney Plus, both Star Wars and Marvel like TV shows, mm-hmm. has really been struggling on the details and, it, it, and the it, basics of cinematography and all that. Kind it, of stuff. The the quality is definitely dropped um, for a lot of the action scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, something uh, not similar, but um, on the same level of execution as like Book of Boba Fett. Um, for a couple couple and, things, and that and that's, oh boy, that's, that's real harsh. That's harsh. That's criticism. real harsh. Whoa, hold on now. <laughs> now that is not to say that I have not enjoyed it. I just um, I just want to I, I want to qualify this book. Boba Fett currently holds the title for the worst we have scored a anything. Yes, that is that is correct. So I would be uh, real careful. This now. is better than that so far. Okay. So so far it is above that bar in every respect. In every yes. respect, is it? The music is fantastic. Below, mm. That is one thing that Star Wars should have, and they don't. What are you doing? <laughs> is it below a Mandalorian bar? It, yeah, it's uh, so far. Now, but we in, in, in the in the action, yes. Okay. In but, the in the character work, no, it's better. No, yeah. well, hold on. Now. In the action, well, but, yes, but we had magnetic armor in the Mandalorian. But that, no, but that is not that is absolutely not fair because we have. Three films worth of I don't of know Obi-Wan I don't know I don't know and, and multiple seasons worth of Obi Wan as right. well. Right. Well, I don't know that that's necessarily not fair, but 
it's just a, a natural consequence of. Well, yeah, but like you, you, you have, you don't, ha- you have to, you get to have a shorthand of, sure. of everything that has already happened to him. But we at the same time, but at the same time, I think even in the absence of that, this stuff is better, right? Like, like it, it, it goes fair. ahead and it sets up the conflicts of where Obi-Wan is at this point in his Personally. life. Personally, and like why he's there, the the reasons that keep him there and the conflicts that are eroding away at his mm-hmm. soul day after day that, man, you just you have no idea who the Mandalorian is as as a person for like the entire first season. That's I, true. We have we have bare snippets really of yeah. his past, honestly. Um, the I will say the the show. I will say the show kind of like took um, a different turn than I was expecting it to go. For sure, yes. Uh, and I, that's, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I, I think it's, um, they definitely kept the general idea of what the show is um, pretty under wraps. Right, so like the trailers, you've got the Inquisitors that are obviously going to be chasing Obi-Wan in mm-hmm. some capacity, and that's kind of billed as the major conflict. Uh, and you already see that there's at least some scenes where he's not on Tatooine. There's like a, a darkened cityscape. Oh, thank God. Right. <laughs> uh, and so, but the stuff in between the lines there is, is very different than anything. I'd oh expected. yeah, definitely. And, uh, just from, uh, kind of where we know where some of these character, where Obi-Wan specifically ends up. Yeah. Um, which is essentially back on Tatooine. Spoilers, oh no. Um, the sand, no. <laughs> but it, so I, I hope, I and I think that a lot of the show is actually going to take place not on Tatooine. Thank God. Mm. Yeah, get us away from that planet for anything. Just, oh. Yeah. Now, but, it's only it's only a six-episode run, and we already have the first two episodes. So we have um, four episodes left. Yeah, so it'll be, it'll be over in a month. Yep. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see yeah. kind of where it goes. What kind of arc you get in that. Yeah. Are they about 40 minutes a piece? Ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So not a ton of room, but a decent amount of room to mm-hmm. turn around in. Uh, now, one thing we have all seen, which is also Star Wars related, is the new Andor trailer that mm-hmm. came yes. out of Star Wars Celebration. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it looks fine. I think Cassian has been one of the best original characters from the, the Disney material. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, just Almost be- 100%. Because like the whole checkered past of I've done horrible things in the name of this good cause and so, like, while that has furthered the cause of rebellion, I bear the weight of that on my soul, you know, mm-hmm. and, and of course. driving him to make the decisions that he does in um, in the film. Right. Yeah. Rogue One. Rogue One, yeah. yeah. So that could be also be a problem, right? Because this is, at the end of the day, a Disney Plus property. Yeah. And we've already established, uh, or we haven't established here, but it's been established generally, oh, if the, the Obi-Wan show has the lightest rating right it's very fluffy it rating. does it's um it is lower than um in maturity rating like from uh like Mando or yeah everything the rest of that thing has been tv 14 yeah, yeah and this, this is, is lower than that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, like like why like tv 7 or something like there's that. already been a pretty gruesome um um spoilers, uh, spoilers. no no i mean like this is it's this just is generally a, a gruesome just death. A, no not even a death just a maiming oh. um that's okay kids yes. can understand that yeah <laughs> yeah. Kids can understand kids getting their hands cut off. Yeah, That's fine. Big deal. Uh, but but yeah, the the new Andor trailer looks interesting in the sense of I hope that Disney has um, the the gut to push it to where he actually does some horrible things. And he has and, to be a terrible. I mean, he's a t- pretty terrible person. At the start well, he's of a terrorist Rogue. essentially. Yeah. Well, he. I mean, 
one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter. And that's yeah. just how it works. <laughs> but yeah, like like treachery and un I can say unnecessary deceitfulness, uh, but like underhanded dealing. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. like the idea that he's he's gonna do whatever it takes to get the the best odds of whatever his current objective is done. Yeah. And that means getting his hands dirty. Mm-hmm. And um and so if we don't get that on screen, it's just gonna feel like a disservice to be a little empty, yeah. yeah. And now, you know, it's definitely one of those things where uh the trailer makes him out to look like a hero, but clearly they are very good at obfuscating information. True. Yeah. And that's true. um and we may have com- something completely different whenever we actually get it on the screen in front of us. Right. But so we're going down to Vegas this weekend and we're taking bets on whether Andor <laughs> is going to be a good show. What odds are we getting? Uh, maybe seven to one. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Against? I, I, I give it a 30, 70, 30, 30% chance that it's good. Yeah. And when I say good, I don't mean it, it goes above the Book of Boba Fett line. That line, just crossing that threshold is enough to enter the territory of good. Right. It it is? It isn't. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I was about to oh, say. Okay. Just, just say. Crossing that line enters the territory of, oh, Ex- you're a show. Acceptable. <laughs> reasonable expectations for adults wrote and created this. Right. <laughs> uh, if you if you take it. Well, hold on. We haven't heard. What's Joel Joel's bet? Oh, mm-hmm. I give it. Man. Man. It depends on the level of, of minimum acceptability to being good, right? Like let, let's say, let's say Mandalorian season one is your benchmark for if it's better than that, it's good, which is probably a solid if seven. It's, if it's less than that, then it's not good. Right. Yeah. I would, I would, man. Okay. I would give it a 20% chance of, ooh, of being better than the Mandalorian, Mandalorian season. So one. if our bar here is better than the Mandalorian, I'm playing in Andrew territory odds of like seven to one against. Yeah. Cause like it's, yeah. Because even Mandalorian is, while probably the best Disney Plus offering from Star Wars to date, is still just only okay. And it's only Got really good. A lot of feathers. You're going to have a lot of people. It's only good. really good when you compare it to all the other stuff that they did. No, it's really what's, what's going to happen <laughs> is now we're going to have a lot of people asking, well, you should have, you should review the Mandalorian. Like, you don't want to review <laughs> <laughs> of the Mandalorian. It, I mean, Man, the Mandalorian is like well, maybe four good episodes in an eight episode series. Ooh, man. Right? Because like, I'm like, not sure about that well, one. Is, no, that, okay, is all right, that generous? No, no, no. It is. It might be generous. <laughs> no, it's, but the, I, the, the problem with that one, which this is a whole other topic. Yeah, this is a whole different show. But it, it just kind of doesn't decide what it wants to be when it grows up until it gets there. And then it's too late to have laid the groundwork. I mean, that's, that's fair. I mean, <laughs> yes. So we, you know, at some point, uh, they did announce season three for Mandalorian. True. That uh, was this going to be, yes. I think, February of next year. So, yeah, 2023. Uh, uh, and Ahsoka is going to be next year as well. Yep. The Ahsoka TV show. So at some point, we're probably going to have to review well, it. Well, we're going to have fresh Star Wars very soon. We've already done Book of Boba Fett. Obi-Wan, we already said, oh, is going to be concluding here. And there's soon. a new uh, Taika Waititi film that is going to be coming out next year. Oh, that is that. going to be the first um, mainline Star Wars film that has happened since uh, Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. How long ago was that? Eight, 18, 19? 19. Oh, I don't even remember. Well, it's been so long. I've kind of, of blocked it out of my memory. We have the power. Of, I can't blame you for um, that. We have the power now, of the internet. And before we get into, um, you know, Star Wars bashing additional stuff, um, I do want to say that. <laughs> We've been um, in Star Wars bashing yeah. more. Well, yeah. We want it to succeed. We Nin- don't 19, want. 19. Rise of okay. Skywalker is 19. Um, but we want it to be good. 
Yes. We want new Star Wars content to be made, and we will still watch it regardless of the the quality of it. We will probably just be mad at it because we're <laughs> Star Wars fans. That is what we do. Um, but at the end of the day, like I, there has not been a story change that they or story addition that they've made throughout all of the media that I haven't liked. Um, the actual um, technical execution of it has mostly been poor. All right. All that to say that you should be mad at Andrew because he Don't doesn't be mad like at me. Star Wars. <laughs> I know. I like Star Wars probably more than both of y'all. I, I'm not here to argue that point, actually. <laughs> uh, other things also, Stranger Things Season 4. Yes, also def- coming definitely up. looking forward to that. Uh, the uh, release schedule they've been using with Stranger Things to date and continued with this season is just dropping the whole thing mm-hmm. on the release is, date. And so yeah. you have... You Isn't this like season. four episodes, but they're like movie, like it's like an hour, I, hour I haven't looked at how many episodes so, they are, but they are very long. Andrew so, looked at this. Um, over the course of two parts, so so basically season four, part one, season four, part two. Uh, we're two. taking the Attack on Titan approach. Yes. Um, of course, this, that would be like five different parts anyway. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> um, so this, this quotation mark season has at least three episodes that are as long as movies. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're doing this in big chunks. Mm-hmm. And and hopefully that actually works out well, because is, I want more Stranger Things. I've, I've loved all the other seasons mm-hmm. that I've watched. Well, if they're trying to – so this is the final season, right? And we only get half of it now and half when we finish yeah. the job, whatever that is. And, <laughs> uh, you know, in, if, if you're trying to take what we've gotten so far and say, we're going to put a bow on this. We're going to finish a full narrative mm-hmm. of not just, hey, mm-hmm. there's a weird thing that happened in Hawkins. Yeah. Um, but like there's an arc to do with these otherworldly beings and Eleven and Eleven's past. Mm-hmm. And and how does that all fit together? Like there's a lot of unanswered questions. So you have to cover a lot of ground narratively to make that satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is kind of maybe the opposite approach of the Game of Thrones which was just, well, these are going to be two shorter seasons and we're going to you know, push them out and get them done. Mm-hmm. Because if you're saying, well, we're going to drop three episodes and they're all going to be hour and a half to two hours, I mean, that's, that's a lot of content. It is. Yeah. So and it's also a very different approach to filming versus, you know, a show mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're doing long form. So yeah. it's very interesting to see. I haven't necessarily kept up with Stranger Things. I've you know, watched bits and pieces. I know the story at least, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, Stranger Things has been always a, a consistently fun experience each season that's come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I initially didn't even want to watch it because I thought it was a horror It is a thing. horror thing. It's, it's, it's kind of a horror, horror thing. Um, but what, well, once you get to that, you're kind of desensitized to it from, from the sake of the story. You're pot committed. You're emotionally <laughs> invested. Yeah. 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 At that point, well, you're also, like, well, I'm also, already here. It's also uh, incremental increases in in the severity of the situation correct yeah right, so by yeah. the time you get to that point if it started like that then you're like oh i don't know about this yeah. but when you're oh, already there yeah you're, we're the we're the frog and the boiling pot of water where we're slowly turning the temperature up here. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's yeah. the method yep all right um, uh i think we covered anything else that's coming up no i mean unless you want to talk about spy family I mean, I have no problem talking about Spy Spy X Family. Well, it's technically Spy Family, but Spy X Family is the 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 actual title. Yeah, well, that's why I said Spy X Family. So how does that work anyway? Why? Because there's a the, lot the, of the X titles is, that have X in them like that. The X is just silent. So, but 
Why is it there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have an answer. <laughs> you, asked, he, you asked him, how does it work? And then you gave him an answer well, that wasn't how it works. Well, okay, just what so it is. like a, a very popular um, uh, show or anime that's been, had basically two revivals, Hunter x Hunter. It's just yeah. Hunter yes. Hunter. It's not, it's not everyone, Hunter x Everyone Hunter. pronounces that X, I swear. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, it's just the X Well, why would silent. you not? They put it in, put the, it in the title, <laughs> right? It's, it's the exact same reason why when you're online and you're playing a, you know, first person shooter and someone has X's in front of and no, no, behind no, them. I, I have a better I have a better answer. You don't look at Spider versus title and go Spider-Man colon into the Spider-Verse, do you? No, it's just there. But if they put an X in there, They're right? Like punctuation. I, that's my point. So, so is it spy <laughs> multiplication family? Spy times family. A spy times family. <laughs> Equal fun. <laughs> it's a spy family squared. If if you Those are two different terms though. If you <laughs> <laughs> So, like, is it a comma? A title now? Could you could you replace it with a comma? Spy, comma, family. It's like it's spies, but wait, it's a family. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. So, know. anyways, so give us the synopsis. <laughs> uh, so the synopsis. Well, we are in a alternate world, Cold War Germany. So East Germany, West Germany. Mm-hmm. Not with those names, but it's very much so that era. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Berlin. Berlin. Yeah. They tried. <laughs> Hongarlo. They tried. They didn't try that hard. Uh, and basically, we have a master spy who is given a. You see that he's very competent to start, and mm-hmm. he's given a task where he must form a family to infiltrate a, a place to be able to fit in with the society he's trying to imitate. Mm-hmm. So he must bring together a family he had apparently fabricate this, a family apparently yeah. this spy agency has no resources and it's just it's your problem <laughs> you to find you a go kid. out and you get the people you go find yeah. a kid and you find a woman who's willing to pretend to be your wife <laughs> and we're good with them uh so who he finds is a kid who's a telepathic which is when you think about it a really problematic thing to be when you're someone when you're a dad pretending to be a dad also pretending to be someone else as a spy mm-hmm. because they see right through you yeah. and mm-hmm. she does she sees right through him all the time immediately yeah <laughs> and all of his reactions or his natural thoughts of oh i need to be careful here and then she responds to that instead of the outward stimuli he's giving her yeah so you get really really entertaining interactions uh and then in order to find his wife he ends up finding someone who is unbeknownst to him a master assassin and of course, because Man, we have my a, disbelief dollars are going fast. Oh yeah, they're, they're, but it's it's they actually it's actually pretty um, the way that they they kind of keep everything hidden. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's actually pretty pretty well thought out. Okay, yeah, they're okay. both they're both push. I mean, obviously, I've done this all from the spy's perspective. Mm-hmm. From his perspective, assembling this family makes sense. From her perspective. It, accepting this family being assembled around her also makes sense from her life circumstances. And it's it's a little absurd. There's, there's definitely a, a taste of that. Yeah. Uh, but you get really, really fun interactions where, mm-hmm. like, the, the dad, you know, says something and you, you get the, the child in her mind, she thinks, Papa is a big liar. <laughs> <laughs> and just stuff like that, and like her, her expressions and reactions mm-hmm. to it. It's, it's interesting. Uh, we've only watched a couple episodes. Uh, it is on Hulu. It is subbed, so you have to, you can't watch it while you eat dinner because you have to actually <laughs> look at the screen the whole yeah. time. Yeah, just hearing words does not help me at all. It 
does something for Andrew and Holly, I know, but it doesn't do anything for me. I mean, I mean, I still, we still don't watch anime whenever we're, we're eating dinner. Yeah. Unless it's something that we've already seen multiple times right. and we, I mean, we don't need to know what's happening. common times for us to watch like, yeah. a new show, so. But yeah, the, um, I actually liked the anime so much that I went ahead and bought all of the volumes of manga mm-hmm. um, that are currently out. There's like eight volumes and um, uh, it, it is a very, it's a relatively lighthearted um series it's yeah. not it's not overly yeah, for, serious for, for the subject matter while there are you know definite like confrontations and things happen it is pretty lighthearted and wholesome mm-hmm. yeah and and pretty much everything is um uh, mostly solved just by um everyone's eccentricities okay. i guess yeah. um where like there are just uh, like and it, it definitely helps that it takes place in like basically a post-Germany World War II society mm-hmm. to where everyone is kind of um, uh, suspicious of someone else because yeah, they act edge. weird, you know, because they're like, oh, you're a communist or, you know, whatever. So it's Whatever some, their version is yeah. in that one. Yeah. 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 It's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Easily accessed, accessed on Hulu. Yep. So. But on that note, that is enough talk about things that are out and will be out and should soon be out. And let's talk about something that is definitely out. We have definitely already watched. And that is multiple times. Top Gun 2 Maverick Boogaloo. (laughs) (laughs) And give us that synopsis. Yeah. All right. So decades ago, we had Top Gun where Maverick, who is this just absolutely there's no way that he could possibly exist in the military structure and still be a pilot individual (laughs) uh disregarded orders all the way through uh to becoming the hero of the story right uh and so here we are uh 40 years later 30 32 ish ish somewhere in that range six and uh, it's it's actually years, one of the most I said. satisfying transitions for a character over a long period of time that I have seen in quite a while because yeah. he's still the same person. He still mm-hmm. has a fundamental disregard for authority, but he has also grown into a person who understands the consequences of an a- his actions and considers what it does to the people around him. And he, so mm-hmm. that's he, very fair. He's he, a very real person. So he is. He has. <laughs> He has um, been held back in his career because obviously he he doesn't play by the rules that the superiors who would reward him with promotions mm-hmm. want him to. Uh, but when he does break rules at this point, it is um, more focused on, well, this is what needs to happen. And I don't actually care about the rules. They're just in the way of what needs to happen. But the it's not just... I don't care about rules. It's I need to get this thing to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, and so he is uh, called back to Top Gun to prepare a returning group of top graduates from the program mm-hmm. for a very specific mission that is an impossible mission. Mm-hmm. And yes. uh, and that's that's basically the plot of the film. Yeah. All right, so what, looking at this from our two methods of scoring, we have our technical score where we are looking at the spectacle, the performance, the the score, score, and the plot, and then also a separate value that is our entertainment value. But first up, technical score, what did we give that? We gave it an 8.8. That is 
high it is, praise. It is high. Especially for what is essentially just a blockbuster action film. Well, let's let's flip back. What did we... And a sequel at that. Yeah. Yeah. What did we give Top Gun? We gave Top Gun a 6-3. <laughs> out, out of 10. That is a large increase. It is a big jump. That was significant. A 2.5 increase, to be uh, exact. 30 Three percent jump, <laughs> uh, but then also oh, on oh the entertainment value for Top Gun Maverick, we collectively gave that a nine point seven. Oh, someone broke that ranks. Is, that is that is two tens and a nine. That's the only way that math works. <laughs> yep, that's very high, especially if we compare it to 1986's Top Gun Entertainment, which was a seven out of ten, <laughs> which is still so reasonable. So this obviously they took the premise, which is we're going to do Top Gun again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they treated it with respect and put in the work and it paid off. And they, they improved on the concept. Yeah. From, uh, from my perspective. Like, I mean, just leaps and bounds better than the original in almost every aspect. Yeah. I mean, uh, our, our score certainly reflects that opinion. Yes. Yeah. And, um, the, the best thing, uh, you know, that everyone will be talking about in the subsequent weeks after they've seen it and everything is just how good the aerial footage is. Yes. So good. Um, it is mind boggling how good it yeah. is. Yes. Yeah. Because like, and and even more than just the aerial footage, which was an incredible treat going from watching the original where you get to the second half of the film and it's just the same three shots used over and over. Stock footage being reused. And, and, but even at the beginning of the film, it's really hard to tell what's going on. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. There's not a lot of clarity. It's just a huge breath of fresh air to go to this where it is, it is crystal clear what's going on with the action where, where the planes all are point in time. whenever there is ambiguity it is done on purpose because the pilots are confused yes yep and and that oh it's so much better uh then uh talking about you know one of our biggest critiques that or that we were worried about going into this film from uh, from our other episode mm-hmm. from the first top gun film was the the use of music yeah right mm-hmm. and and going into this film i was really scared that the music that they used in this was not going to hold up against what I consider probably one of the most iconic a really good soundtrack. soundtracks mm-hmm. of, of a film. And I know, Joel, you, you have different opinions, but well, the, you didn't the, grow up with it. The way that it was implemented in the film with the sound design was not good. Yeah. In, in the original. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like they, they open with, um, uh, the, with danger zone. Yeah. And it's going on and it's going on. I'm like, okay, they have the same sort of text opening about, and they call that school, boom, boom top, top gun, gun, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's very much an homage to the original film, uh, which is Tony Scott because uh, he passed away mm-hmm. um, a couple years ago, and, um, and and that was their yeah. And so like like this is all appropriate, yeah, right. And then it shifts into oh, now we have he he shows up at a location, and we're going to get some exposition, and there's a little bit of uncertainty in the scene. And the music shifts tone to reflect that. What am I watching? This is good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the score the 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 score of this film was fantastic. Yeah, it was really good. Um, uh, Lady Gaga's original song at the end was was awesome. Um, and then Hans Zimmer did a lot, basically a lot of the the BGM music mm-hmm. uh, throughout the battles and everything, which mm-hmm. was really good. Um, yeah, just, and the sound design for, for like them in the jets and everything oh, yeah, is yeah, just yeah. like, because there was, there was the, they very specifically pulled forward into your, you know, your awareness, 
the the difficulty that they had with breathing when they were going mm-hmm, through shifts mm-hmm. in positional direction of g-forces and stuff yeah which just really added to the tension and like oh what they're doing is really hard and yep. really technically demanding yes well another thing that i would like to highlight as improvement humor oh yeah there was <laughs> so much humor in this movie and it was so well executed there are people out there who need to take notes about comedic timing from movies like this <laughs> because wow it was really well done yeah it starts with the d and ends with a y starts with a d and ends with a y disney <laughs> yes which is weird because marvel generally does a pretty good job with it and then everything else star wars that yeah. disney is handling just doesn't for some reason yeah yeah but the the comedy in this was just hilarious oh it's like on, they're, they're on was the nose just their, their timing every i mean like both times because i saw the movie twice both times in the theater like 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 gut laughter mm-hmm. at a couple points in the mm-hmm. film that that genuinely are funny yeah well and we also if we're we're also we're, if we're gonna drag star wars into this we can also talk about maybe some role reversal slash subversion of expectations slash retelling the same story from a slightly different perspective mm-hmm. and again take notes because Top Gun Maverick is how you do it, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> well, so to to go ahead, because we, we can't do all of the Star Wars comparisons pre-spoiler wall. No, yeah, it's not uh, possible. But Maverick's arc, both throughout this this story, but really like in taking a look at the difference in his, his more mature personality mm-hmm. at the start of this film and where he was in the previous film, is the arc they tried to give Poe and failed. Yes. Yeah. Big time. He is Poe done correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you you have this hot chai pilot, which, mm-hmm. you know, Poe is basically modeled after yeah. someone like uh, like well, Pete Mitchell from, from like, Hawk when, Man. When, when can we stop planning and I go shoot stuff? Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> <laughs> He's modeled after 1986. Yeah, Maverick. exactly. Yeah. They just never get to 2022's version. Yeah. Um, but and, like, and, and it was just so perfectly melded too right because like Mm -hmm. he is still he he doesn't like following rules and he has to like there's even a point where (laughs) he's doing some risky stuff on the first day out with the trainees and he's and he's talking to himself he's like okay pull your jets don't get fired on the first day (laughs) that's true he does right because like so and that's that's kind of a self-awareness that comes with maturity of Okay, so I'm doing this thing that I should I should hold I should off. Be doing, yeah. yeah, but he's still going to do it anyways. But well, he's well, at least self aware. At, at that well, at that point, like it's it's almost it's a reflex, right? Like, yeah. but he understands that about himself mm-hmm. and is able to make a decision as opposed to just acting on reflex all the time. Yeah, and and like like we we talked about earlier, his disregard for rules is restricted by the consequences of what that would do to the people around him. He's not, he doesn't super care about consequences for himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's just not that kind of person. And that's important, right? Because if he had completely changed and had become a complete rule follower, you'd be like, well, who is this? This is not the same man. Exactly. But at the same time, he cares about what the people around him encounter based on his actions. And so he, he moderates his behavior for that. Well, while while they make a point of the fact that he has not gone as far in his career as he should have at this point, Mm -hmm. He's still at a point in his career where people are reliant on him. Yeah. Right. Where the, the results or what he does and produces affects other careers. He's very cognizant of this from the, the start of the movie throughout. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
the um and this is kind of going a little bit back towards the spectacle range of things mm-hmm. but the and you probably if you were listening to this review you probably already have seen the film or if you haven't and you have been living under a rock um basically all of the actors were in those F18 Super Hornets in the film for filming yes mm-hmm. like all of the shots of them like in the cockpit that is actually them in the jet no they're, and- they're not flying it but, um, but, you know, they're they're acting like they're flying yeah. it. And mm-hmm. when they were up there, they had to um, essentially, like, be their own photography and cinematography director. Mm-hmm. Because um, the the actual director, Koizinski, whenever, like, they go up, he's like, all right, I guess I'll just see in an hour and hope <laughs> the footage is good. I told, yeah. I told you what you're supposed to do. Just do that. Yeah. And we put the camera here. But you may have to adjust it a little. Mm-hmm. But yeah, every time that they feel G-forces, they, they may not be feeling the number of G-forces that, that, that are stated. That, that are stated, but they're definitely feeling G-forces. I, I doubt that they did any like 10G maneuvers. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no one's doing a 10G maneuver. <laughs> that, that's just movie talk. Yeah. Four, yeah. Maybe five. like four or five is probably I mean, where it's If at. you consider the fact that you take basically your weight and, and multiply it by four, that's a massive strain on your body. It already. is. Mm-hmm. So there's no way, and I I will say from looking at some notes on the production, uh, so this film produced 800 hours of film, Mm -hmm. which is more than the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy produced. Oh, wow. Right? So they spent, well, not all that necessarily is in the cockpit. I bet a lot of it was in the planes. They spent a lot of time in those jets. And and time equals money, um, $11,000 an hour. Yep. For, for that. Um, and kind of while we're talking about money, um, this is now officially top or, or Tom Cruise's because he's both started the T.O. This is now his official largest box office opening weekend ever, period. Mm. If we broke um, the 150 million threshold. $156 million for the opening weekend. Domestic. Domestic. It do- I'm pretty sure the last thing I saw said that that number is doubled when you include international and that is not released in China or Russia or Russia. Well, that, that's, that's, that's kind of a given con- there. We're but. less concerned about that. The, the ruble isn't worth very much right now, <laughs> but, but China is a big yeah. movie market and Tom Cruise is a pretty big name in that movie market. Mm-hmm. So to have that kind of money coming in without the Chinese market supporting it as well is really impressive. That's it's, a lot. And and this is, I you know, a lot of, uh, he was very adamant that this movie would not be on a streaming platform mm-hmm. on upon release. Like, yes. you know, it, it'll eventually be on Paramount Plus or whatever, you know, yeah. in a couple months, I'm sure. But uh, he was so adamant that um, in the, the preview film, or, or basically like the special premiere viewing that we saw on um, basically the Tuesday of the week that it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he had a, a a specific video of him like talking to the audience. Oh, that was actually still there on the Friday when I went. Oh, it wasn't. Oh, really? It wasn't on my second viewing. Oh, interesting. In yeah, IMAX. but no, no, it was it was him talking about you know it's been it's been a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money and 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 a lot of love gone into this yeah. and we just hope you enjoy it and and thank and, you for yeah yeah which yeah. Uh, you know I kind of like after that I was like why don't all like well, producers is, and directors do I, this. I got to the end of that and I was like, oh, you know, whatever, that's sweet. Whatever. And then I watched the film. I was like, oh, this was really good. He really meant that. He meant that. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, you was could, not lying. They yeah. put so much effort into this film mm-hmm. that it's it, like it. I mean, clearly it shows in our scores um, that we gave it just from entertainment alone. But I mean, it was like you could definitely tell that uh, every angle that they were going at was very heartfelt and thought of. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, there was 
a lot. I mean, obviously the film was also delayed multiple times. <laughs> yeah, for, it's supposed to come out in 2019. Yeah. Somewhat, that was like just an initial actual production delay. And then we had COVID delays again yep. because we they really wanted to be in and theaters. I'm kind of glad that it got delayed because well, they probably let mm-hmm. them I, focus I, on the I have a, I have a theory and it's really not that far out. And and that is that most of the time, like we're, we're, we're almost never seeing an artist's best because right. they have to get the work done on a deadline. Yeah. And it's it's just it's it's got to get out the door, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have a project like this where it ha- is forced to take extra time, then you have the opportunity to receive a better product. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, cuz I mean, who knows like what the music would have been like, you know, 3 years ago mm-hmm. whenever it first came out cuz we don't know. I mean, like I'm sure that Hans Zimmer was part of it or or Lady Gaga was part of it, but then, you know, maybe they didn't really hit the hit the stride for music until 2021, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or they just didn't figure out what they needed for this particular moment. Yeah. And like cetera. so much changes in editing too. Like yeah. Those, that, those decisions just impact everything. Well, I mean, I already said 800 hours of, of filming time and we get two hours and some change on the screen, right? Mm-hmm. Just by default. That, that yes. That's, so a, that's such much. a small percentage. Yeah. yeah. Good morning, aviators. This is your captain speaking. Today's exercise is in avoiding spoilers. The upcoming intermission will be your only window to get out unspoiled. When you get back to base, hit the showers, then check out our other content at spoilersintendedpodcast.com. But if you really think you're ready to face spoilers, then stay with your wingman and don't think, just do. If you think, you're dead. everyone welcome back hope you enjoyed that brief intermission in case you didn't get the memo it is all spoilers all the time hope you were not in g-lock the entire time during that intermission yeah if you were passed out and you didn't find out then you are in for some surprises because we are going straight into a little talk about spectacle and i imagine the scores are high yep who wants it first i'll go 10 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's just the technical achievement of of slapping actors into F-18 Super Hornets and making them be their own photography directors while they're up in the air and telling the and communicating to the other pilots that are mm-hmm. also in the air. Hey, you need to move up a little bit. Hey, you need to, you know, get get on our six a little bit easier so I can get you in the shot. Like that, like that is just so cool. Yeah. Well, there's there's a lot of, you know. Blue Angel style formation flying going on mm-hmm. that they're doing over and over and over again while they're filming these yeah. things because they have to be the planes are all really close to each other which is you know we can talk about that some other point in this discussion but <laughs> it's very difficult to do it, it is very challenging to do and I'm curious if they did get any Blue Angels pilots for some of these maneuvers I meant to note who the pilots were that were credited and see if I could find them in any like media, mm-hmm. like releases related to something like that. Cause I mean, most of the pilots are at a pretty high level and doing this sort of stuff with a little practice is going to come to, but it would make sense that going to, you know, stunt the, fighters, the formation parade flyers yeah. of the Navy would be the answer. And I just, I don't know. Yeah. Especially since that is, and they're flying F-18s. That's what they fly. So mm-hmm. 
okay, so you know, going on from the the joke of, of it being attended definitely deserves that. Yeah. Uh, mostly, I mean, the it was just one beautifully shot. I really love mm-hmm. the homage to Tony Scott at the beginning, which is basically shot for shot almost of of with a little bit extra. Um, at the beginning where you have the Top Gun theme going with the the same roll of credits on the aircraft carrier, watching F-18s mm-hmm. go off the carrier and I have, boom, I have danger a zone. I have a quibble. Do you? Yeah. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't give us that in golden hour. It wasn't enough. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Sure. I, fine. It, I, watching that, I was like, yeah, shooting in the right light makes a big difference to the, the feel of it. It does. Yeah. Cause it, um, them, you know, you get to see everything. Yeah, sh- I, I do like that they showed the, um, I think it's the, the catapult controller, like in the little, um, like hut. Yeah, the stock footage that, that was used there was, I don't know, it it, it relayed more details to the, yeah. to the yeah. working mechanisms on well, the deck. It was less of, I mean, original Top Gun was a cinematic show. They paid to turn the boat around to get the light mm-hmm. right so that they could have, you know, high contrast with the, the golden mm-hmm. light. Whereas this was much more of just a, yeah, it's like 9 a.m. and we're, we're doing takeoffs and landings so you can see all the details. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Has its own payoff. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll let other people okay. go. Well, I'm going to drag this way down. Now, okay, no, you ready? <laughs> I gave it a nine. Oh my god! <laughs> How dare <laughs> so you? So far down, ten percent reduction. <laughs> just slap it on there. I loved the fact that I could actually tell what was going on in all of the plane combat scenes. Like it was just such such a 180 from the first film. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know there was there was. Nothing in there that I can specifically point to for why it doesn't get a 10 mm-hmm. in this category other than like there was there was a small element of magic that I I don't walk away with it going, <gasps> you know, <laughs> like there's mm-hmm. there's there's there is a ceiling that a, a lightning in a bottle could punch through. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's that's my only complaint is that it's not lightning in a bottle from from this perspective it's it's fantastically executed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i especially really really liked all the inclusion of all of the technical training for the mission mm-hmm. where he's talking about the speeds and the times and you get to watch them practice all of the turns through the death star trench run and um <laughs> a more difficult this is not a drag right race. right a real race. And, uh, you know, because, and there's a reason that you need to be in the trench for this one so that you avoid the turret fire. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and, and then looking at the, the whole mission design, uh, which we'll get further into in the plot. Right. Too. Like, but that just added so much to, we have to, we have to practice. We have to do all of these, these very dangerous things that are required because of reasons in the plot. Mm-hmm. And, the more that we practice them and show failure to execute them properly on screen, the more tension is built because we know that we eventually have to execute this perfectly. Right. Yeah. Well, I've heard your 10. I've heard your nine. I am a man of strong will. I also gave it a nine. Oh, Ooh. wow. Ooh. I'm the outlier. Spice. That's weird. I was not <laughs> expecting that at all. So again, tremendous commitment to practical aerial effects mm-hmm. right and there's one thing that i i've been thinking about off and on and i haven't gone and looked to see if, if there's any behind the scenes yet on how they do it but i am curious because they do 
you know, most of the shots, we, we acknowledge that they're actors. They're not allowed to touch the controls. They're in the backseat of an F-18. Yep. But we get several shots of two-seater F-18s. Yep. And in those shots, you have the front-seater pilot actor and the backseater who's the, the weapons off, officer or operator or whatever they're called now. Mm-hmm. Who's also the actor, and I don't know if did they did they splice two shots together. They probably to had that? to, because that's that's something I'm curious about. But it, it's so seamless and well done that that only looking back at it, you think, well, someone in that plane has to be the Navy pilot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just drone piloting. I that's that is something that they can do. Yeah, uh, maybe not to that level. It's very they, the, straight and level. It would probably like if there was going to be a shot like that, I would imagine that they would either composite the mm. the behind the shot for them to match it. Or if they're for whatever reason, the military was like, all right, we're going to drone fly this while the two of you are up here and don't touch anything. And we're going to go in a straight line. That's a that's an incredible. I mean, they they do convert old F-16s to drone planes and use them as target practice. Mm-hmm. So like theoretically, that is something they're capable of. But also Ugh. the flip side of that is none of those planes are intended to ever land. That, that seems like a really big risk. Right, yeah, there's yeah, no way. Like, I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's got to be a composite. Because an F-18 Super Hornet's like, what, like, uh, like $56 million it's plane a lot or of something? Money. It's a lot of money. Or I'm probably actually off. It's probably more than that. It's a lot of money. <laughs> and we haven't even talked about the enemy aircraft yet, right? Like the fifth generation fighters that are supposed Which to be are not this. not actually fifth generation fighters. They're Su-57s. So it, they're fourth. Yeah, but anyway. Su-57s. But they're, they're Regardless, in, in, in the context of the story. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They, they are a unspecified technologically superior piece of, of Correct. war technology. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I absolutely loved the payoff on that too, mm-hmm. right? Because they go into this with the whole thing of we've got to beat these times because anything less and you end up in a dogfight with these guys and you're going to lose. Yeah, just because of technological superiority. Yeah. And so it, it gets to the point where, you know, Chekhov's gun gets fired and they have to fight these guys. Yeah. And they start pulling maneuvers that even Maverick is like, what just happened? I have yeah. no idea how that's possible. Watching <laughs> the, the 57 do a vector thrust uh-huh. to get behind them Ugh. is the, one of the coolest I mean, things was, I've ever it seen. Was, oh, it was so good. Yeah, that was that was cool. So the reason I gave it a nine, you know why I gave it a nine? No, I, I have no idea. Because they didn't give me enough of it. <laughs> okay, it okay was, no, I can. It I was can... so good. I needed the climax of the movie is phenomenal. And there's a lot of payoff there from the training stuff at mm-hmm. the start of, of in terms of tension and an understanding of what they need to be doing and if they're doing it or not and the consequences, right? But I needed more aerial combat and so, I did not get more aerial combat. I, I can definitely actually agree with that. So when we were watching it the first time, mm-hmm. about like I'll say halfway through the, the first half of the film or whatever, I was like, man, we're really not getting that much. Mm-hmm. aerial stuff so they really must be holding out till the end right which they were i mean they were. like like i mean it was like what a solid like 40 minutes of, of just, them just uh, the, in the plane. mission yeah. yeah yeah but yeah that's that's my biggest complaint right because mm-hmm. og top gun we start out with an aerial encounter that is true like a live action there's real threat mm-hmm. not training then we have training and then we get a live action real threat here we kind of had sort of that with Tom in his uh, test pilot role. Yeah. But it's not the same thing. It, it's a different, uh, it's a different kind of, it's a much more slow burn. Right. Yeah. It's a much, it's a different kind of theoretical threat that yeah. isn't just an enemy plane on the horizon. Right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's really my big ding for it is not, it's not that they did something wrong. It's that they just didn't give me enough of it. Yeah. That, that, that is a hundred percent acceptable. Yeah. 
So moving forward into the performance, this is a realm that I'm really curious to hear some scores. Andrew went first. We'll give it to Joel. Okay. I gave performance a nine. All right. Yeah. I, I felt that this was from, from a dramatic performance perspective, this is the best film that Tom Cruise has ever made. The, the, the best role that he has ever executed. Oh, the, his, his, the, basically his single take of him basically talking to himself when he's talking to Val Kilmer. Yes. Uh, or Iceman. Yes. Is just, mm-hmm. Oh man. Yes. Like yeah. he just every, like you can see like every emotion. He is because he's so torn up about the things that he's going to have to do to these kids. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because he's, he, he feels like there is not enough time to get them good enough to where they can actually survive the mission. Mm-hmm. He can get them good enough to where they can succeed, but he can't get them good enough he to come home. He can't get them home. Right. Yeah. And it is just tearing him up. And, oh, oh so good. <laughs> so good. Um, and then also Miles Teller, who plays Rooster. Oh, um, perfect casting. Which he, and, and he hasn't been in that much critically acclaimed stuff. Like he was in the Divergent series mm-hmm. of films, played Peter. Uh, he was in the 2015 Fantastic Four as Reed Richards, Ooh. and, and like, <laughs> that's those, not that's not those good. films are just eh, not good yeah. you know. But his performance in this was so incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that that man was Goose's son. Not only was he he was Wait, Goose's Anthony son. Edwards' son, yeah. right? <laughs> Goose's son, not like, Edwards, he, Goose's son. Physic- physically speaking, like he looked the same, and obviously the mustache helps. Yeah, it helps um, a lot. And, but he, he wasn't a one note character either. He no. wasn't the guy who has a chip on his shoulder because Maverick got his dad killed. He was the competent officer who also happens to have a chip on his shoulder because yeah. Maverick got his dad killed and other plot a little, relevant a little extra spice things, on there. right? Yeah. Like there was, there was definitely some, some subtlety there where they, they, there was at least a period in there in his life where they they were close and there was trust mm-hmm. and that trust was broken. Um, and all of that came through in his performance. Yeah. That, yeah. It, yeah. That's good. Andrew, um, you want to go? You, want uh, you, to go? Can, you can go. I'm looking something up. Okay. So, Joel, you gave it a nine. Mm-hmm. I gave it a 10. Okay. Okay. I, I can't be mad at that. And you talked up Tom Cruise, right? We talked up the, the emotional weight. And again, I did not go into a Top Gun expecting to have more emotional investment in the characters on screens than, you know, another unnamed movie franchise. <laughs> that not, we have named several we're times. We're not mentioning names right now. <laughs> it, it is in this really, one moment. This, it is really sad that you have essentially, I mean, what is just a quotation marks propaganda film. And then you have the sequel. Where you're like, oh, I was not expecting to cry. Oh, this is a yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I want to call out. I'm not going to name a bunch of the actors or whatever. And I'm gonna let Andrew handle some of that for some of the other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I want to call out is actually commitment to a process and how well it paid off on screen. So they did chemistry interviews with people or basically the actors to be rooster okay. where they went out to meet Tom Cruise and he spent time with them to determine if they were going to have good on screen chemistry. Mm. Oh, I didn't know this. This is cool. So there were three candidates to play Rooster, uh-huh. uh, which Miles Teller obviously won out. <laughs> uh, uh, Nicholas Holt, who is a face I recognize, but not a name I know. And the third person is Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell. He's Hangman in the movie. So oh, he actually did ah. so well in his auditions and in his time that they said, well, we don't want you to be a Rooster. 
but we're going to take a part that was just a side part and we're actually going to make it a character so we can oh, have you in cool. film. So they committed to this process of let's get people in, let's make sure they work together well on screen. And also I, I would say the, all the training mm-hmm. that Tom made all the other actors do, that that does build camaraderie. Right? Oh, it definitely does. Because like when they come into the bar and they're all greeting each other, they have history with each other at that point mm-hmm. because they spent however many months having to go through this training yeah. that he made them do. Uh, but that that commitment to those kinds of processes, I think, really pays off here where it's not that the lines being delivered are perfect. Oh, they are. They're really good lines <laughs> in the movie. But it's that the people who are saying them to each other, they all know and understand and get along and, and work with each other really well. And I think that paid off just tremendously for the whole movie. Yeah, that's actually really cool. I didn't know that they that they did that. And um, honestly, like Glenn Powell as Hangman was fantastic. Yeah, like, he's he, good. He, he played the... Um, he looking good. Of, I am, am good. good. Well, he was good. kind of like a mix of of Iceman and Maverick from the first. Well, film. both of, both of them were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, just the, just like different recombinations of the same themes, yeah. and they even like at the end of the film have the same moment on the deck of yep. the of the the carrier. You well, can it, be my wingman anytime. Yeah. Well, in, a, in a lot of ways, <laughs> Hangman is while well, he's kind of the antagonist figure in the group. He's the Maverick. Yeah. Whereas Rooster is the protagonist figure, but he is the Iceman. He's the one who's, who wants to make sure everyone makes it home. He's going he's gonna to sacrifice, right? That comes mm-hmm. up early mm-hmm. on to make sure that his, his buddies survive the mission. Kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. It's, re- it's really interesting, a lot of the role reversals that they well, did we're, with We're going to get into this in plot, let yeah. me tell you. Um, okay, so I gave it a nine. Okay, yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, pretty much everything that we've already talked about, like Tom Cruise, probably one of my favorite, if not his best performance. Mm-hmm that I've seen him in. I, I'm, you know, I haven't seen every single film he's been in, so don't fault me for that one. <laughs> uh, but, you know, on top of that, okay, so I, I have to talk about um, Monica Barbaro. Phoenix. Um, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I hope turns into kind of the, the new Michelle Rodriguez of this generation. She's, which she's, is, got, she's got the, the right like, attitude. Moxie or yeah. whatever, yeah. Um, she was so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of um, uh, Bob, uh, which he's, he's not uh, uh, Lewis uh, Perlman. Hold on, and that's, yeah, and that's another instance of like uh, subversion. No, well, subversion. Lewis, Lewis Pullman. Pullman. That's another instance of subversion of expectation used well mm-hmm. with with all of these kind of fantastical nicknames with the mm-hmm. call signs. And he's just well, he's just Bob. Is he's that your Bob. name? Yeah. Is that your call sign? Yeah. <laughs> You're not very inventive, are you? Um, no. <laughs> so so one thing we actually haven't mentioned at all in the basically the entire cast so far is Kodesh Marks the love story. Mm-hmm. Um well, with, with I have with, a lot to say in yeah, the plot. Yeah. About that. Um yeah. with um with Penny and Pete. Mm-hmm. Uh and Jennifer Connelly actually did I th- I thought she did a really good job at being I'll, I'll say the more mature love interest um for, for there is, Tom There Cruise's. is an awful lot to say that I'm waiting to say. Ki- kind of a, <laughs> kind of a seasoned mentor role. Yeah. yeah. And um but she did a good job but I I definitely think that she's probably the weakest for the performance side. Uh, may, mostly just because probably the, the love story isn't. I think that's the writing. It, yeah, they, the, yeah, the love had, story just the, doesn't really. Yeah, she had. She was the least connected to the main thrust of the film and yeah. didn't have the material to really sink her teeth into. Well, and and she was the basically, and this is more plot, but you know, she was basically the reason for Tom Cruise to, or Pete to come back home mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the mission. You know, and um, so like that's that's kind of her role in the film is to be the anchor for him to be like I actually have a life somewhere mm-hmm. right um, where you know up until this point he's just been kind of a vagabond for military 
mm-hmm. standards of just it's, always moving as much around as you can be and yeah, in the military. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll I'll name some other names if if you're not going to name some names. Uh, I mean, I kind we kind of got distracted there. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I you know we have to talk basically about Val Kilmer. Um, yeah. Being it's a cameo role. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is more than likely going to be his last movie role. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you know, he he's had throat cancer, and he doesn't he can't actually speak anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, without um, assistance from a voice box, which I'm. Gl- Whenever I heard that he was going to be in the film, I was really worried that they're going to give him like like the Tarkin treatment, where right. like they just synthesize his voice. They did kind of well. They, well, they did a little bit, but not. It, they still address the fact that he basically had that, that, cancer. That there was and, something wrong with his yes, voice, right? correct? Um, and I thought it was. I mean, it was just a really just emotional scene. You know, not something that I would expect from you know the antagonist from the last film. Well, I loved their text conversations leading mm-hmm. up to that because mm-hmm. it was, it was just such a, a familiarity and an intimacy of sharing of Maverick sharing his innermost thoughts yeah. mm-hmm. with, with his oldest friend, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, it was both, both y'all just snapped around and looked at me. Oh gosh. Well, no, I mean, you, you looked like you were going to say something <laughs> well, a second ago. I was just kind of, you know, we're, we're naming names. I'm going to keep naming some names, uh, some kind of some additions, right? Mm-hmm. So Jack Ham and Charles Parnell, John Ham, John Ham. I, I totally wrote Jack Ham, <laughs> John, John Ham and Charles Parnell as our two, uh, admirals yep. who are overseeing the mission. Cyclone and Warlock. Cyclone and Warlock. Uh, they were great. They were oh, they great were. little, you know, it's, it's the, the, the extra pinch of spice, right? Mm-hmm. You don't, they didn't have to do a ton, but what they did was perfect. They were the exact type that you want for this role. They had good chemistry with each other. Uh, they projected the right kind of, uh, perceptions on screen, you know, towards, you know, Tom's characters, yeah. Maverick, et cetera. Uh, it's just those little extra pieces added in, I think were great. I think my, my favorite snippet of their performance <laughs> oh, yeah. is, is going to be the one where, you know, the, the base commander's like, I just, you're putting me in such a terrible position. What do I do? And, and, and Maverick goes to answer. The other one's like, I think the Admiral was asking metaphorically. Yeah, speak, or, speaking or rhetorically. rhetorically. Yeah, yeah. Speaking rhetorically. Uh, I, I love at the end, whenever they get back on the carrier and you just see him, he's like, yeah, shaking his yeah. hands. Well, they're, they're like both up uh, still in the, in the bridge the tower. tower. Yeah. yeah. And they look down and they're like, yeah. Or, or, or even like when they're up there and Maverick buzzes the tower on the way back in and, and, and they're just like, Ugh. always something. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he gets this one, but uh, yeah, I don't, well, I mean, don't want to give it to yeah. him. I mean, he we'll saved the day it. pretty yeah. much. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, it just just overall. Well, I pulled this up. You know, uh, another one I'll call out: uh, Bashir Salahuddin. I probably butchered his name. Uh, Hondo. Oh, Hondo was great. Hondo was great, and so there was a lot of you know. There's been a lot of time, real life between Top Gun and Top Gun Two. Mm-hmm. They, they put that physical time in the movie as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have all these relationships that have built up over time. This is obviously someone that Maverick has maintained a relationship with over time. Yeah. And I believed it on screen, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't get a ton between them. You mm-hmm. get enough, but you don't get a ton. But I believed, hey, yeah, they're like buddies, like war buddies or however you want to look at it. And like, yeah. Like, or, or he's he's been working for Maverick yeah. for, for so time. long. Yeah. yeah. And like they, they're inv- invested in the success and that, you know, my, my bud returns, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, whenever he's they're saying goodbye to each other on the carrier. Yeah, before the launch. Oh man, that's mm-hmm. like like cuz you you can definitely feel mm-hmm. like the history between them of like 
yeah, you're probably not coming back from this. And, it, yeah. and it's a perfect setup too, narratively, because you're you're trained to think because of the unspoken words between Rooster and Maverick mm-hmm. that one of them's not coming back, so they're never going to get to finish the conversation. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. have this conversation yeah. after the mission. <laughs> no, so you don't do that. expectation yeah. is done the right way. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, plot. We're going to get into some of that. But before we get to the plot, I think we're about ready to move to some score. Some score. Some score, some score. Score of the score. I guess uh, it's my turn to go first. Sure. And I don't know, maybe I'll get beat up for this. I gave score an eight. Uh, I mean, that's fine. I think uh, they had... One, a really good choice to leave the music out in some critical scenes. Oh, when he's going through the um, uh, the basically the trial run, the, yeah, yeah, he's stolen the F eighteen, yes. and and it's just him and the engine. It, yeah, in and his breathing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, like <laughs> so yeah, much it, breathing. So and it built the tension to not be told because it's 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 the suspension. It's trying to get you to hold your breath. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whereas if there's music there, then you kind of know where it's going. Yeah. You know what the emotion you're supposed to be feeling is. And so you're not kind of held back waiting to see. Yeah. yeah. Now you're, you're just smashed into the front of that piece of glass of the cockpit <laughs> as he's going basically. Yeah. And, and I think those were some really good choices. I, I do think that maybe there is harmed a little bit by there are a lot of composers involved in this music yeah it's it's a cacophony yeah there's it doesn't it's not one smooth throughout and it doesn't have to be but it maybe was almost like there's just a few too many hands in here Mm -hmm. and i think everything we got individually from the people was good it just doesn't always it's not a a cohesive whole i think that's my biggest ding for it so that's 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 the eight so yeah that's i mean that's fair i'll I'll hand it off to someone. yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and concur i also gave it an eight okay and you know i really enjoyed including Danger Zone, including the Top Gun anthem, Mm -hmm. but then updating the way that they were incorporated with the sound design and the scene transitions to where it's kind of a more more technically sound, modern approach to that area of filmmaking, Mm -hmm. where these aren't just blasting at full volume, (laughs) just forcing you to be like, I don't care what's on the screen, get hype. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they actually serve the storytelling um, while at the same time pushing the nostalgia button in a respectful way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was that was a big key, I yeah. think, as well. Yeah, well, yeah, because when you're going into a film like this that has essentially 30 years or 36 years of hype, uh, you know, you have you have a kind of a duty and and a really big responsibility to make it to where you're not nostalgia baiting the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're just calling it back eh, just enough. Mm-hmm. Or the twist. Yeah, with, with the twist. Spice. And um so I gave it a I gave it a nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, All right. I uh <laughs> it's it's definitely one of those things where like I mean I We've already established throughout other episodes of the podcast, I cry very easily um, in, <laughs> Man, in films. I was, I was crying the entire film. Um, like, it was it was so good. And it, it's one of those things where, and I'm like, I'm not even the biggest like Lady Gaga fan, but the ending of the film where they're in the hangar and then, you know, obviously Penny comes mm-hmm. back and uh, Goose just, and the Lady Gaga song is like playing, playing, blasting mm-hmm. over the theater. And then um, Rooster walks up to the wall and, you know, hits the, hits the thing. I'm like, I'm done. Like, this yeah. is it, man. Yeah. And um, uh, then all the action scenes were really good. Um, I thought the, um, uh, especially whenever Maverick and Rooster are kind of on the ground 
infiltrating the um the the broken down runway to hit to get up on mm-hmm. the F14. Yeah. Uh like some of those little tracks you, I was like, "Oh, this is definitely Zimmer right mm-hmm. here." Oh yeah. Um, 100%. Just cuz it, it has like that kind of drone to it. Yeah. Um uh, especially whenever the was it a hind uh, the helicopter? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a hind. Um CGI hind. Uh, was it CGI? I think so. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It, it looked stuck, pretty real to me. It stuck out for some reason to me. I'm going to look that up. Actually, I'm curious, but I, I'm almost positive it was supposed to be a hind. Um, but yeah, so whenever that's happening, like you can definitely feel the dread in yes. the scene. And the um, and probably my favorite part of the film, and you know it, you, you know exactly what's going to happen when it happens, but whenever um, the, uh, the radar op on the carrier is like, hey, Rooster's calls, uh, Rooster's um, locator just showed back up. Well, mm-hmm. that's got to be a malfunction. No, he's supersonic. And then it shows John Hamm or Cyclone, who's like Maverick, and it does a dong. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, that's exactly what I wanted to see right there. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought the sound design and the punctuation for the whole movie was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, probably the only thing that really, uh, probably the only thing I actually did ding it for was the Great Balls of Fire um sequence um in the in the thing i think that was a little bit too much nostalgia baiting for me um just because uh you know like i understand that rooster has you know clearly some some dad issues because Mm -hmm. he he lost his dad at a young age and he wants to emulate his dad he wanted to be a fighter pilot he wanted to Mm -hmm. to join the navy and you know he clearly has the aesthetic going that his dad had I think it's a, one step too far that, you know, he also learned the same song. It was. That's more I, of a plot I, thing. Right. I feel like they had, they had limited touchstones to work with. And you, you really needed that. But, hmm. but the scene needed to happen. Yeah. And you, and you needed, you know, you needed the, the PTSD flashbacks for, yeah, for Tom Cruise yeah. to happen so mm-hmm. he could, you know. Because because at, at some point you've got to encapsulate in this one film all of the the preceding events knowledge exactly. so that you can watch it on its own. Yeah, without having to see the original yeah. film. Yeah. So, you know, but that was pretty much like when I when I knew that like he sat down on the on the piano, I was like, Oh, I know the Great Balls we, we of Fire is about going. to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, I think that's a little step too far for me. Mm-hmm. Um it's a lot better the second time you watch it because you you kind of already know what's going to happen in that scene. So it's a little bit less jarring. But yeah. anyways, I digress. Yeah. yeah. I mean I was wondering I I did not find any information on whether or not the hind it is specifically called out as a hind in summaries, but okay. if, if whether or not it was it felt like CGI to me. I mean, obviously, any you know missile or bullet or those things oh, of course, were those definitely CGI. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just I don't know. Just for some <laughs> they, reason, they they fired some twenty millimeter Vulcans. <laughs> so I never know. Gotta get practicing somewhere. I mean, he does his own stunts. <laughs> oh, dodge these bullets for real, Tom. Uh, no ejection seat here. Uh, okay, so we are on to the plot now. Let's talk some plot. This this could be interesting. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna let someone else start. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and take go it for it. I gave plot an eight out okay. of ten. Right. Um, the the basic character stories in here are fantastic. Mm-hmm. The showing, I mean, even just I keep coming back to it, but the basic execution of showing a matured, settled, stable version of the same man that we saw in the previous film is in itself a Impressive technical feat. achievement. Yeah, yeah, to get that tone just right. Mm-hmm. And to then continue that on with 
he he has the continuing themes of being confronted by the mistakes that he made as a young man, mm-hmm. right? And whether that be um, you know, continuous, continuously pushing the envelope, uh, kind of tangentially getting his best friend killed, um, to not really being able to maintain a stable relationship just because mm-hmm. he's too obsessed with following whatever the next excitement is. Yeah. Um, you know, all, all of those themes kind of coming back to he, or even also like talking about his career, you know, they have a whole conversation about how he's not where he, he should be given his technical ability. Yeah. But, but you know, that, that theme played out is very consistently hammered and, um, has a really nice payoff in the scene between him and Iceman where he is talking about, I, I have to do better. I want to do better. And I, I have no idea how. Yeah. And, and so like, that is fantastic. Um, the, the mission design has holes you can poke in it. Obviously it does. Mm -hmm. Um, but why they couldn't just tomahawk the Sam sites. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, Okay. No, in, in the film, I didn't catch it the first time. The second time I watched it, they do say at the beginning of the briefing initially, like whenever he gets mm -hmm. to top gun that they are GPS jammed. However, tomahawk missiles have four different targeting systems. Yeah. They don't, they don't care about whatever, whatever, whatever world GPS jamming means. It's just the MacGuffin excuse to say we can't fly the top line F-35s when the real excuse is F-35s are single-seater planes and would not care about any of the obstacles presented in this movie. (laughs) Well, okay. Anyways, continue. Right. So, but what they, they did do with that is that you have a detailed mission set of mission parameters Mm -hmm. that allow you to clearly understand the goals and the stakes for all of the characters involved because there's a lot of stakes just even in the execution of being flying through a canyon at low altitude oh yeah absolutely which is something which is something that they do not successfully achieve in training right like the first (laughs) time they do it right is live yeah Yeah. and uh so like it is it is the amount of time they spend on training coupled with the clarity of communication with the parameters of the mission mean that you as the audience understand everything that they are attempting to achieve at every point, mm-hmm. the difficulty of that task and the consequences of failure, which allow tension to continue to build. Right. Um, and like it is, it's, it's the best star Wars movie ever made from that perspective. Yeah. Because you, <laughs> they destroyed the death star and it took, it took, Two direct torpedo strikes, not just one. And one using the force. <laughs> right. And, <sighs> and, and Poe Dameron had his, his arc that he deserved. Uh, he just didn't get to be played by Oscar Isaac. The torpedoes also didn't have to turn a right angle at speed. Uh, yep. You shed mm-hmm. doubt on the existence yep. of inertia in your entire universe. Uh, so <laughs> all that being said, all fantastic stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I actually had... I was annoyed by the love story. I mean, that's totally fair. Because while, while, okay, so if we compare it to the love story in the original, which was a whole lot of different directions of objectionable. Yeah. Um, this one was a very respectful relationship. The, the, he came into her bar and like subjected himself to her rules in her bar. Yeah. He, when they went out on like the one big date, 
he was she was teaching him how to operate the boat and the stuff. The role reversal so, was fantastic. But yeah. also had some great humor in it of what you're in the Navy, you don't know how to <laughs> right? sail. Like I land planes on the boat. I don't do anything with the boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so like it was a whole bunch of there was just it it was very careful to strike a tone of mutual respect between the characters, mm-hmm. which is really great to see on screen. And uh, particularly in contrast to what was in the original yes. film. Yeah. But at the same time, we're, we already have the relationship subplot of um, him and Rooster. Him and Rooster. Mm. And him, like, one of his consequences is if I, if I let him go on this mission, he probably doesn't come home. If I don't let him go on this mission, he will never speak to me again. Right. So, like, he's already got something to come home for because he wants to continue to have a relationship with Rooster. And so she is just kind of extra on that. And so it feels like that entire subplot is basically fat that could be trimmed or needs a little something extra to beef it up. I think it could have used maybe one extra scene Mm -hmm. to to really kind of add it in a little bit. Because it does, because it... it is not like tonally dissonant. It it contributes to the same themes because mm-hmm. um, it's still the themes of, well, he's he can't keep a long term relationship going because he just doesn't doesn't commit to it. Right. And so yeah. this is another reminder of the failures of his youth um, and the determination to do better and to mature. Uh, and so like all of that is good and it aligns with the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. It just, well, it, it just didn't, didn't feel as well fleshed out. It also gives us an opportunity cause it gives someone for him to confide in. Mm-hmm. So it gives us an opportunity to develop more of the his, conflict between him and rooster. Yeah. yeah his, his personal thoughts of, yeah, true. Yeah. Right. And why? Cause I, I appreciate that they gave us a justification of, well, you know, why don't, like you did this thing that he hates you for, you know, of, of preventing him from getting into the mm-hmm. academy or slowing his progress. And well, why don't you just tell him you did that because his mom wanted you to? And he's like, well, I mean, his mom has passed away. Like why, like I, I'll take the the heat for this and not have him have a, a regret directed towards his mother. Right. Yeah. And that one, that's a really mature statement. And two, it's a really weird thing for him just to talk to himself out loud. Mm-hmm. So you need someone else there that he has a connection to. Yeah. yeah. You need some kind of exposition. Yeah. Yeah. And and you get it there in, in their interactions. Uh I gave plot an eight too. Just I'll th- I'll throw that in there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have other reasons for giving it eight. Uh what were those other reasons? Mostly Steven? centered around some of our military representations, but it's okay. I mean that's that's just how it always goes. Yeah, I mean, you know, no big deal. You just snatched a, a live FA eighteen off of a runway somewhere and then took it out and flew it and there's just no consequences. So the the only explanation that I could give myself for that kind of thing is that he is st- they are still on a essentially an educational mm-hmm. airbase and he at least would be able to talk the other people that that help him get the plane ready into yeah. some form of, you know, hey, I well, just I need mean, to use this real quick. The thing is, he also has authority, right? So he does. He's rank, a captain. The rank of captain in the Navy is quite high. This is this is the step below being a rear admiral. A rear admiral. Okay. So he's not, you know, a lieutenant junior grade, whatever. <laughs> no one's Old Maverick to you. couldn't do that. Yeah. 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 Prior Maverick could not have done that. Could, couldn't have even gotten into the cockpit at that point. So it's still the question of, well, you have to do this perfectly or the consequences are you just, you're court martialed, which... You know, we're right back to the original Top Gun, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there there are some other 
I, I um, while you're kind of, um, I Go did ahead. like the um, a lot of the explanation of why he's still there is because he's friends with Iceman and yes. Iceman's a rear admiral. I, yeah. Iceman has I, Iceman's. Uh, well, he, no, he was he was a vice admiral. He's no, he's in charge of the Pacific Fleet. <laughs> he is an oh, you're, you're right, admiral. Right. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he has four stars on his jer- on his jersey, his uniform. Yeah. Uh, he is, he is big man in charge. And I think it does play to kind of, you know, who they were as people carry well, and, through. Okay. Which yeah. Is great. That I, I guess I missed the four stars cause that would make sense why Cyclone would, would basically be like, I was told to bring the you three here. Stars. Yeah. yeah. Cause oh, he's a three star. No, they, they make it really clear that, uh, cause when he sees the photo of him in the uniform and you see the plaque below, he's the commander of the Pacific fleet. Like you are a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes sense, right? Because. Iceman was the one that was willing to follow the rules, follow the regulations, play the game, because at a certain point in peacetime military, right, all these promotions are politics, which yeah. the character of Maverick was never going to play. And he doesn't. And he only goes as far as he can. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of my other, you know, we've already mentioned, oh, well, if you can tomahawk the runway, why can't you just tomahawk the Sams? <laughs> uh, they only use flares and they make a really big point about using the word flares. And you don't. There's the, only countermeasures for one. Well, but. you would you would hope, yeah, uh, because if you're not actually using uh, shaft or shaft chaff as well, then if it's a radar guided missile, you're just dead. Yeah, it mm-hmm. just doesn't matter. And yeah. SAMs are generally radar guided missiles, right? It can be either way, which is why you use both because you don't get to know. Like, <laughs> but they talk about them being on radar, right? Like that's that's, that's different. The, that's different. The, totally, totally different radar. That's a very different set. Like, that is actually a different setup because if you alert to radar one again jet scramble right yeah uh and also it means that the again depending on how the sands are set they're actively tracking you so they would have to be actively tracking you to launch the missile in the first place right mm-hmm. they have to know you're there which they are and then the missile itself could just be infrared guided mm-hmm. and so it's just homing on the heat signature right uh which flares is what that's supposed to do they don't they shouldn't just like hit the flares and blow up they should just be ba- basically what happens is the missile loses its target and it runs out of fuel you just outrun it yeah uh same thing for the radar approach it just they've made a really big point just flare 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 and i was like man like <laughs> they're just dead <laughs> i mean the flares do look really cool well and that's the other argument right because uh while releasing like shaft can look decent in like a photo and stuff it's not as good looking as flares are gonna look yeah and they may have tried to do because i assume the flare releases they only did it once and everything else is cgi because that's a lot of money just punching the button over and over again uh and they may have tried to cgi you know shaft as well and it just didn't work yeah well i mean probably the 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 key shot of whenever maverick does the cobra overhead overhead shot oh man uh, clearly like all of that is probably going to be cgi you hope um <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is a big risk with a you know something odd million dollar plane well there's two of them there's two like double that number yeah um uh, so i gave plot an eight hey Yay. consensus yeah um uh, kind of for most of the same things um i i think probably my biggest fault was really the bar scene mm-hmm. um where you do get a lot it you have to introduce so many characters and so many yeah. different personalities so quickly that it felt one pretty clunky, but then honestly, the biggest thing that just killed it for me was the flashback footage of the original not, film. It was not sure. necessary. Yeah. It was not necessary. Yeah. And I do understand that you need to be able to show this movie to people that have never seen the first one and they can still appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. I think there was more than enough context clues that happened in the film yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. without it, you having to show the footage. And it's like, 
I can also understand you showing maybe one or two pieces of footage that are really key to the scene of like, you know, Maverick remembering Goose playing, mm-hmm. you know, with with Rooster there. Mm-hmm. And then like maybe of him of of like him landing in the water and him, you yeah. know, like cradling Goose as he's dead. And that's it. But they just kept going with yeah. it and mm-hmm. going with it. And it's like, no, stop. This, <laughs> this doesn't need to happen. Everyone already knows. Yeah. And if you don't know, then you'll probably figure it out anyways. And um, so that, that like, the first time watching it is better the second time. But because you just know it's coming. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of mentally prepare yourself for it. But the first time <laughs> I was having, I was like, no, this ha- this movie has to be good. Please don't ruin Please this don't for do this. Don't do yeah. this to me. Um, the one thing I really did like, though was whenever Maverick um, basically gets uh, assigned to go on the actual mission to be mm-hmm. the team leader. And uh, he shows up at the bar in his full, you know, de- I guess, deployment garb. Oh, yeah, and there's no um, dialogue. And there's no dialogue. Oh, and so this is, it is the best thing of show, don't tell. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I love that there was no dialogue. You knew exactly why he was there. Mm-hmm. She knew why he was mm-hmm. there. And then, like, they're just standing there. Beautiful shot mm-hmm. of, of them on the water and the bar behind them. And uh, it was, I mean, one, really emotional, but two, thank you for not having dialogue in that yeah. scene because it yeah. would have ruined it. Yeah, that that, that was that's a good point because, yeah, he shows up in I guess it's called Class A. I don't actually know. Whatever. I, Full dress uniform. Yeah. Which is obviously not what he does in 95% of his life. He avoids these things. He has the <laughs> yeah. leather jacket. Yep. Uh, so I, I I made some nitpicks. I'm going to say some good things about mm-hmm. the plot. Uh, the role reversals, the subversion of expectations <laughs> throughout was great. They played into it for humor. They played into it for uh, you know relationship development with him and Penny. Uh, the the humor of him like going out the window, oh, and, yeah. You know, of course, he's and you old. know it's gonna happen. He he just totally busts doing it. Gets up, and her daughter's just standing there staring at him. Oh, and that was such a great moment too, because you get the laugh uh-huh. of all of this effort and going being looking ridiculous. You just get caught anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. But then it's followed up with the moment of poignance where she's like, "Just don't break her heart again, please." And it's just yeah. like, "Ooh, man, yeah, this is yeah, like, hit home, yeah, yeah, yeah." The um. I'll also say too, I really liked the basically the triple fake for oh, oh you think this pilot's gonna die? Actually, he's not. Mm-hmm. You think these pilots are gonna die, and we don't want them to die because we like Phoenix and we like Bob. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna die. It was actually ice, and that's really sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it also felt earned. It, it was kind of one of those things where you know, whenever he he goes to Ice's house, and you know, his wife is like, "Hey, it's back." There's, yeah, you know, there's nothing we can do. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, that's really sad. But, you know, he's still here and we can have this scene with him. And then, you know, 30 minutes goes by or however long. And then, you know, it's like, well, I mean, that's what it was. And it's and it's super plot relevant, too, because at that point he no longer has a protector. Yep. And nothing is keeping his past from com- wreaking as much vengeance on him as it can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's what, see. what else did you like? Well, and this one actually flew, Andrew and I had this discussion uh, with other friends uh, because this one flew right Aww. past. I'm so sad now. Well, you hadn't watched the movie yet. So. Yeah, you had, well, we didn't know when right. you saw the movie, <laughs> yeah. so we didn't add you to the. Uh, but it flew right past me. Penny is actually an old flame. She's name dropped in the first movie. Oh, is she? Yeah. yeah. So when when he gets dressed down by Stinger of, you know, five violations of, you know, flying by the tower and, you know, this, this. Uh, oh, the Admiral's daughter. Daughter. And and Goose leans over and is like, 
Penny Benjamin to him. That, that's who it is. <laughs> okay. And then Goose's wife even brings it up with Maverick again later in the first mm, movie. Yep. So she is actually, and again, this is probably one of the things I liked the most about the movie was they handled the time lapse really well. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, uh, well, this is next day and we're just supposed to believe Tom is young again or something. And it wasn't a, well, he's still the same person because nothing changes. It was definitely, hey, like there are established relationships and things have definitely happened. Mm-hmm. And we see that some of that play out. We see it with, you know, Ice and his mm-hmm. relationship. And we see that play out, you know, to its conclusion. Yeah. Uh, and, and other places. But I really, really like the way they handled that mm-hmm. throughout because it feels real. It feels like actual people, you know, going through decades of their life yeah. and, and the, the results and kind of the, the accumulated toll of decisions and choices and consequences. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, one thing, uh, kind of on the, on the note of a little nitpicky, uh, was during the, basically the Mach 10 test of the, um, uh, the, the dark star is what they call it, yeah, I, think, I think, or so. something like that. Um, why would you turn in the middle of a, of like a mock, like a, basically a speed yeah, test. I don't know. I had a lot um, of stress on the, the only The only explanation that I could think of would be that at some point you're, you're going so fast, you're going to hit the end of your, your testing area. Yeah. You run out of airspace. Um, yeah. And you run out of airspace and you have to turn back around. Um, but he just kept speeding up. So, uh, you know, I, I know Steven, Great um, you mentioned. Great shots, though. Oh, they're oh, beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> and so. I loved him catching up to the sun. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I, I love that scene just because it, was very much so kind of a, not a parody, but an imitation of an actual uh, test flight that occurred with the SR-71, mm-hmm. which the Dark Star is obviously very closely modeled after, uh, where they were doing tests over, you know, the out far west. And they were doing specific a specific type of test, but in a turn that caused issues. And above Mach 3, the plane literally disintegrated around the pilot mm-hmm. and co-pilot. And... You know, tragically, the the uh, radio radar. I cannot remember the what they call Rio? it. System. It's not. No, it's not that for this for, specific. For an but the systems officer did not survive mm-hmm. the for, quote unquote force ejection. The pilot did, but that scene kind of played on the same thing where the guy basically <laughs> came down on his chute and you know was somewhere in between uh, Colorado, New Mexico. Arizona or Utah, take your pick because they're in a turn and it's a, like the turning radius is very <laughs> wide. Yeah. Uh, and he's, you know, trying to put his, gather his chute down and a voice says to him, hey, can I help you? He's like, what? Yeah. And he looks up and there's just a, a, like a millionaire rancher who had been out observing his cattle in his helicopter and he saw the chutes. So he landed. So it was like <laughs> as soon as he was on the, the, the pilot was on the ground, he was basically picked up like, like in the actual interview, he said like, I could tell Edwards, Edwards Air Force Base, Base's search and rescue team, you know, where I was going to be at what time and what minute. And I could not have been picked up faster. Yeah. Uh, but they kind of play on the whole thing of like, well, you know, he gets you know flown to the hospital and has to call the base. And everybody's like, what are you? Because they're in you know, basically a spacesuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everybody's like, you know, what are you doing and all this other. Uh, so, yeah, I, I personally liked it just for that because it is kind of that story. And again, we got really good humor with it of like, like where am I? Earth? Earth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was so good. And it, and it really set the tone for, for the kind of comedy that you're going to get throughout mm-hmm. the film, I think. Because, like, right before that, you have, has anyone gotten you coffee yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, the Admiral's just like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> how, how can I make this more pleasant? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think at this point, we're ready to move into a little entertainment. Yeah. And we're going to find out who snitched 
Who didn't give it who a 10? Who didn't give it a 10? I can well, already I, tell I know you. who it wasn't. Everyone oh. looks at me. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all doing like the the yeah, duel at high noon thing here. We're like um, checking. <laughs> yeah, no, I gave it a 10. It was um like exceeded my expectations. If I could give it a higher grade, then I definitely would. Mm-hmm. Um because I mean it like Watching it the second, I mean, watching it the first time was amazing and I loved yeah. it. Watching it the second time, one, you get a lot more of the smaller details here and there, but I was still on the edge of my seat for the final act of the film. Mm-hmm. And every t- like, you know, you know that they're going to basically infiltrate the, you know, the runway that <laughs> mm-hmm. is destroyed and Old get in the F-14 and um and you know it's gonna happen and it is still just so satisfying <laughs> i love the first like okay run now oh yep we're running okay yep. <laughs> well, well it's one of those things where there's so much activity going on right like, like well, if, if you, you just, if you stride with purpose yeah you could then, get away with yeah, something and yeah it's like wait don't need to go yeah well and, and that's the thing because you don't you don't really know who the bad guys are which is totally fine i'm glad that they kept it vague mm-hmm. and and it was just a nameless country that you know is probably russia but that's fine iran or iran Tradition. because they're the only ones that have you know, F-14s that are currently in service. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I like that they kept it vague because you don't know if they're basically the same ethnicity. So you, like, if, if basically if, if they were caught on the runway. Oh, right. Would it be you, obvious that they yeah, were you different? Couldn't, yeah, you couldn't, couldn't tell. Here. Well, I yeah. mean, their, their pilot suits kind of look different. You know, yeah. They got the American they're, style helmets of everything. Everybody gets their own colors and the pilots very obviously just have black everything yeah, yeah well i mean they're also they have to be the bad guy. faceless enemy yeah. yeah which i mean is something that they'd inherited from the presentation in the first film yes mm-hmm. uh which like it's 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 really it's kind of a two-edged sword right because if you have a a villain and in this case kind of an organization a villainous organization mm-hmm. i.e another country that you can describe their attributes and you can give them details to the, to the characters that are important in that organization that were country and you can flesh out their motivations and you can reap a lot of rewards from that. But in this kind of story, that's just not necessary and would take so much extra time to do right. Yeah. That if you just say, well, we're not gonna do it at all. They're just the bad guys. They're just the bad guys. Yeah. Well, it and, also helps it age, right? Yeah. Because, you know, 20 years from now you fire up the movie and it's like oh yeah that's back when we hated you know whatever country this yeah, was yeah, yeah. and now we're best of buds yeah so um one thing that i have um heard some uh, some people complain about was why there was basically a third bandit um out to sea um after basically they um he had fought the other two yeah right um, in the f-14 and uh i honestly like i whenever i thought i was like oh that makes sense because probably if there was going to be another bandit in in the air it was more than likely trying to intercept the um, the fighters that have that are clearly already trying to leave. And by the time that um, basically, whenever they engage the F fourteen, you you know he their his friends are in active combat at that point, and he has to go help them. And I really like at that point in the film where the characters that we're following just simply have no means of communication. Yeah, and yes. so they don't have a way to understand the details of what's going on with everybody else. Yeah, yeah. For and all so, for all we know, the the AWACS is screaming that there's you know extra bandits in the air, and mm-hmm. that they have no way of knowing. And and two that lets us have the last moment save without it feeling cheap. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you you know, like as far as you know, no help is on the right. way. But and... but you also know that Hangman had been sitting there, yep. on the deck, going, "Send me in, coach. Yeah. Send me in, <laughs> coach. Put me in." And and um, but then we've had this long period of zero communication, and our bubble of you know what we're allowed to observe has shrunk down to just these two people mm-hmm. and this one cockpit. Um, so the trajectories of everything we know from before the communications blackout. And we just don't know if they made it there, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that, while I, I'm not a fan of last minute psych out saves like that, mm-hmm. this one was executed about as well as it, as it can possibly be. could be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So time to for us to reveal. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a ten. Uh oh. <laughs> I saw that one coming yeah. a yeah. mile away. I mean, <laughs> we get phenomenal aerial footage. Uh, probably some of the best that there's ever been. Yeah. That or that there will be. Honestly. Yeah. Uh. We have, honestly, great emotional payoffs Mm -hmm. and and really well-constructed and handled story. And just, I think the thing that really puts it over the top for me is just the humor. Mm -hmm. That that extra bit of, you know, like, why did you come back to save me? You told me not to think. No, what were you thinking? You told me not to think. And he's just like, all right, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Like, because it's such a high, tense moment, Mm -hmm. like, for what's going on. And you know we have the whole the whole payoff of oh wow do they just do they just down Maverick like is this his his final I, I legit thought they did the first mm-hmm. time watching it I kind of would have accepted it. he goes out yeah. in a blaze of glory of saving you know his his old his sur- surrogate son essentially yeah who he's been on you know rocky terms with yep. right uh and then we get you know then we get to play it again of well <laughs> now uh, Rooster's been shot down and now <laughs> now we're playing Mission Impossible which you know we we stretched it a little but. At the, the, point, the convenience of the distance to the runway is mm, questionable, but that's fine. Or, or just getting an F-14 off the ground on a taxiway when it's a carrier, generally a carrier-based plane. The only F-14 we would have given any other country had the crappy engines, and you have no catapult assist. Yeah, so it's a F-14A yeah, most at that likely. point. Yeah. Uh, and you're just not getting off They, the they had yeah. terrible engines. Mm-hmm. Just, just A phenomenal plane attached to two POSs, <laughs> to put it polite, is, is how it was described by actual admirals in the Navy. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, just the whole film was great. I just, I did not expect to get this good mm-hmm. and no, for it to not, hit like it did. Not no. even in a million there years. There was no. no expectation of this whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just just all around. I, you know, I'm a little jealous that you got to go and, and see it again in theaters. I, I kind of want to go see it again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll be able to find time to do to see it again, but I think I would like to, but it's yeah. definitely going to be a rewatch. You know, once it's oh, the more second it comes out on streaming, oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, I'll go do a seven day trial at Paramount Plus just to watch it again. Like, and then cancel And then trial. cancel it again. <laughs> and then six months from there, I need to make a new, uh, new email address. <laughs> so, Joel. All right. Well, surprise. I gave it an eye. How dare <laughs> you? How dare I? I. Well, I've already owned fessed up to it. I was crying for basically the whole film. I like, mean, with like, good reason. From. Dang. From the um, uh, the the balls of fire scene mm-hmm. onward, right? <laughs> like it's they have established that Maverick is a man who has who has matured, but he is struggling with regret. Yeah, right. And like that is so compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and every single scene they just 
piled more on. <laughs> These kids are, you're not going to be able to get them good enough to where they can actually come home. You know, yeah. just every, oh, everything. The, the line, whenever um, the Admiral's dressing him down after the first day and he's like, mm -hmm. and come home. Yeah. And, the, and like, yeah, and like, just the like, shock yeah. on John Hamm's face. The mission is success, a success and come home. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's oh. not, that's not a parameter. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, wow, just stab me in the gut, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was, it was just such a fantastic character driven story, which is not something that you get to say about action films. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's very rare. And, uh, so generally like my, my two gripes for why it wasn't a 10 experience was the, the whole romance subplot felt a little thin. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Um, fair. I can and, agree. Uh, and then the ending felt almost too fairy tale, right? It like, is. It is a little too perfect. It, it is. Um, and because, like, I could, I don't understand why there was the need for the fake out of oh she left because she was fed up, and then oh she showed up anyway. Is is like there wasn't any time in between those two things, and so it was just it kind of felt a little just well now now they they haven't had enough of giving me fake outs. They're just, they're just taking <laughs> my chain again. Um, well, it's, it's really because Tom Cruise wanted to fly his own personal P 51, um, at the end of the film. There we go. Yeah, and, that's, that's and you is. need to have the, um, the hot girl with the classic <laughs> Porsche also in the, in the co-pilot. It was, seat. yeah. So generally speaking, this was one of the best films that I've seen in a while. And I 100% recommend it to anyone at any time. Yeah, I think. And that's even, I, I don't know that you have to watch. I don't think no, you do. You don't, have to, you don't have to see the original. And I don't, and I don't know that I would recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that was the other thing I was It'll sour say, you. Yeah. I don't even know if you need uh, an emotional connection to it, you know, because mm -hmm. like looking around the theater we were in, the demographic was very clear. These were people that, who had grown up with it, a lot of ex-military, mm -hmm. like they were going to relate to this film. But like, you know, Lauren, my wife, you know, she saw Top Gun for the first time like two weeks before we went to go see it in theaters. And of course, you know, the film does not age well. Yeah. And so like it doesn't have maybe the greatest connection. She's just like, yeah, that was great. Like just so much going on. It was mm -hmm. so well done. It was, yeah, it's just shocking, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the I'll just I'll keep gushing here. The um, <laughs> uh, another just like key moment is whenever. um basically all four jets are out of the canyon or out of the top of the mountain, basically. And they're all mm -hmm. under Samfire mm -hmm. and just the absolute communication chaos. Yes. Of, and, that, uh, and that's what it would be. And that, and that's one of those moments where the cinematography supports it because you lose the wide angle shots of being able to see the, the planes in relation to yep. one another uh -huh. because they're all just, they have no idea what's going on. Yep. Yeah. They just came out of a near blackout high G <laughs> situation and they're under constant fire the most they can do is not die this second yeah yeah and it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, and it's yeah. just it's just like handle yeah. this missile first yeah yes. let's get the next one after this one yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean situational awareness comes way down at that point to just i would like to not be shot down and yep. and then the way that they demonstrated maverick's mastery of the the art of flying mm -hmm. where he wasn't concentrating on his machine at all. His machine was part of him mm -hmm. and the things that he was doing, both when he saves rooster from the missile mm -hmm. in, in, you know, kind of at the, the climax of that scene, but also when he uh, saves the pilot that had blacked out 
because he's coming in and he's saying get get a missile lock on him because it'll it'll cause us a, a sound a in the yeah. thing right yeah. like it's it's that kind of I don't have to think about my plane at all. I know it so it. well. Yep. I'm thinking about the problem from outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and he he consistently demonstrates that and it's just really satisfying. Yeah. yeah. I mean the, the initial uh, so something that I really like in this film is because we've had we've seen a couple other films, you know, maybe recently, maybe not, where the 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 power to winning is believing in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and for for certain people who there, there's no training like that feels a little unearned. Mm-hmm. But when you're saying, hey, this is the top one percent of the one percent of the one percent mm-hmm. of pilots, like the best of the best of the best kind of thing. And it's like, hey, at some point you have to trust in, you know, your training, your experience and your time in the machine to make this work. That's a valid statement to those right, type because of people. Like, it's like when he's saying, you know, don't think, just do what he's really saying is you don't have time to analyze. Mm-hmm. You have to trust that the instincts that you have, I mean, it's not just believe in yourself instincts. It's, yeah. it's you have trained this over years of hundreds of hours yeah. of, of your body knows what to do. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't and you die, then you didn't have time to think about it and you're going to die anyway. So like you've got to just trust that the preparation you have already put in is sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love to the early, like the training sequences. Where they're you know up in the air and it's like well okay well where is he and like good morning and like shoots but yeah up and just like, <laughs> I because it, it's kind of the ego check right because mm-hmm. we had the we already had the the roll flip at the bar right mm-hmm. and then the whole like well you know push ups and then it just keeps cutting to everyone doing push ups <laughs> mm-hmm. like, we never see Maverick hit the pavement uh, I just uh, there are so many good just individual pieces in the film I guess maybe if I had to say something about it maybe the start is just a little slow. It, it it is a very slow burn. It takes it takes a couple of minutes. And when I say very we, slow, slow is in like a jet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but compared, right? Yeah, it, compared. Takes, it takes a little while for it to ramp up into what it is. Obviously, once you get there, it doesn't matter. We're here now, and like we're strapped in. Like you don't yeah. have a choice. Uh, so maybe maybe that's my biggest gripe from an entertainment perspective. Yeah, I guess. Um, and again, one more thing. Oh yeah. Then, <laughs> um, uh, this is really just just calling out just favorite favorite scenes at this point. Um, but whenever, you know, they're, they're basically, you know, trying to, trying to fly casual mm-hmm. and the two Su-57s are, are, you know, like getting ready to, they're, they're yeah. phoning home be like, Hey, who is in this F-14? Yeah, this F-14. And, you know, Maverick's like, I just got to do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, whenever he's like, just call for smoke in the air. And the second that the missile goes out, he go, he flies in front of the other Sioux that he's already yeah. hit and it blows. It's like, Oh, Oh, that is just so cool. Oh, yeah. I- I love just the interact because again, tense moment, and we get the humor where where he's like smile away, smile away. What does that symbol mean? Not a clue. And he's yeah. still smiling. Yeah. <laughs> haven't haven't seen that one either. No, <laughs> no, don't know what they're doing. Yeah, just ah oh, man, like, and it's one of those things too where you you know whenever they they point out oh there's F14s that these people have on the runway, you're like oh you, that's kind of a cool little call out there. You know what's gonna happen if you, you saw the trailer. And and then you know whenever it's. You know, whenever he gets into it, you feel like in my mind being a, a cynic, you know, you're like, oh, this is going to be so just like, oh, there's just there's an F-14 just here that you can go and fly, which it kind of was. Yeah, but it was it actually felt really earned. And then the subsequent dogfight that happened of him against the 57 was just absurdly cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also like legit. How does this aging plane get a win here? 
well, surprise, I cheat. And you're yeah. like, hey, have we started fighting yet? No, we haven't started fighting it. And you pull the trigger. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the only way you're out of that against two fighters is to sneak attack one of them and hope yeah. that you can disable it. Well, and I mean, there was never, even for the F-18, the F-18's a great plane, right? Mm-hmm. But even for them, even if they were, you know, the same technological level, supposedly, as the other plane, just the mission parameters, what they have to do means they lose, right? Because you start out in a dogfight at, ground level yeah you just lose right and, so and and no airspeed yeah like you've already burned all the speed to make the run mm-hmm. uh, ignoring you know the fact that you're you know blacking out from the high g <laughs> pull you have to do i really did like also because again visually it looks great but the inversion to go into the can oh yeah mm-hmm. because physics dictates that is the best way to maintain target Mm-hmm. because your wings provide lift, right? Yep. Like they're designed to provide lift. So when you're inverted, they provide lift towards well, it's, the ground. It's, it's also, if you're taking that kind of trajectory change at high speed, which they Damn. are, then um, redding out is what happens when you drive all of the blood mm-hmm. into your head mm-hmm. if you don't invert. And that yeah, is you, much you, more you dangerous. positive Gs, not negative Gs. Much yeah. more yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Oh, man. This, I love this movie so much. Yeah, I just, I, now I just want to watch it again. Yeah. Like, God, I listened to the soundtrack earlier today. I was just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, I think we have run out of things to go. We haven't actually run out of things to go. I know, but I we need to We so should much, be yeah. out of things. Yes. So until next time, I'm Stephen. I'm Andrew. And I'm Joel. And as always, every spoiler was intended. Thank you for tuning in. If you like what you heard, you can support the show for as low as $1 at patreon.com slash spoilers intended podcast. We also have a discord server and would love to have more people joining in the conversation. Links are in the description below. Thank you.